0: said once that humility is the shyest of all virtues as soon as you begin to talk about it it disappears it walks away it does make a a bit of sense isn't it right that as soon as you talk about humility and how humble a person is you suddenly aren't quite so humble Right, we 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 can think about that and, and at the same time recognize that perhaps humility is a bit of a lost virtue in today's world, huh? You think of just how people act and interact, say on, on social media. Right, what are they after? The most likes, the most clicks, the most thumbs up, the most recognition, right? The the ones, the most views. Because when they have that, now they have something that they can feel important about, that they can look in and say, Look what I did. Or look at the viral video I posted on YouTube. And it's not just on social media. Just look at how politics works today, right? It doesn't matter what side of the aisle or you might come from or all the things in between. In essence, in politics today, you are basically trying to point out how bad your opponent is. And because of that, how good you are, Right? You hear politicians saying, well, I would never do that. Or I can't believe they did this. I would never do something like that. And it's not just for votes. But in essence, they're saying, "I, I would never do that. And because of that, you should vote for me. You know, you look at the world around us. And you'd quickly recognize that there is this vast chasm that exists between pride and self-importance and humility. Jesus recognized it even in his day. He recognized that there was this chasm that existed between between pride and self-importance and and people that thought they were important because of who they were and what they did and any number of other reasons— and the virtue he wanted to see in his in his children and his disciples of humility. So what told the story? Right? A, a story that we heard in our gospel lesson. He said, When you notice how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he was at a, a dinner, right, with Pharisees, and so the dinner was getting close to being served. So he was watching, just perhaps from a distance, just watching how everybody picked their place where they were going to sit. He noticed how the positions, how those people were Picking the places of honor at the table. This is the story he said. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor. For a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this man your seat. Then humiliated, you'll have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place. So that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all your fellow guests. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus recognized a problem, didn't he? He recognized an issue, and it wasn't so much where the people were choosing to sit. For example, it wasn't as though, maybe a modern day example, like you go to a wedding reception... I'm pretty sure none of us would just go sit at the head table because we thought that was the place where we should sit. The the problem and the issue that Jesus saw in the hearts of his disciples and in the hearts of the people that were gathered for that meal was a matter of self-importance. Right? They, they, They looked at each other and they thought of themselves, I am more important than they are, so I should be sitting here. And what's hard is that we like that recognition, don't we? You can see kids, say at recess, imitating their favorite athletes. Why? Because it makes them look cool. Because by doing it, they feel important. Because here is someone who is important that they look up to doing this, and by me imitating them, I too am important because I can do the same things in some ways that they can. Right? You'd, you'd see the same importance, I think, at school. I remember when we were after recess, we'd have to line up. And there was also always jostling, even in the line after recess was over, because who was going to be first in line? Because by being recognized as being first in line, it made you a little more important because you were in front of everyone else it doesn't change as we get older though does it right we can look at say how we parent and we see somebody else doing something completely different parenting and we go well (laughs) i would never have done that or we might look and say i can't believe they're doing that and in doing it what are we what are we doing Even if it's just in our own minds, we're saying, I'm better than they are. Because I wouldn't make that mistake. I'm a little bit more important. Or you think of how we do things at work, or even here at church at times, we want to be recognized for the things that we do. Because when we are recognized for the things that we do, we get a sense of importance. We want to be people that people look to and say, wow, look at what they've done. We like that feeling. We like that feeling of being recognized, of being important, of being the one that people look to and say, boy, you really do a lot. So whether it's because of something we do, or perhaps the hours we put in, or how much time we spend with our families, you can look at all of those really good things, and yet what might be behind all of them? Pride finally, isn't that what self-importance is? This pride that says, I'm better, I'm more important, I'm special. I'm better than this person. And the whole point of Jesus' story was to point out really, as children of God, what we should, you should be is humble. What's hard is that our hearts are devious, right? We hear that story, and immediately we begin to think of, well, how can I be humble and still have that importance, right? I can I can act humble, right? I can I can do things that are that that people are going to recognize and see, but I'm not going to put myself out there, and then I'll just hope that they say, "Wow, you did so much," and I'm no, really, it wasn't me, and I really wasn't that big of a deal because. Now you're saying, I I want a false, almost a false humility. And our hearts are devious that way where they they look at those things and they say, I can act humble and people are going to recognize me. I'm going to still get the same high and the same experience of being important and special and recognized. And what's dangerous with all all of that is that self-importance and that pride Ultimately, skews is a, is a skewed view of myself. Because it begins to change how I see myself. And it's skewed, and, and, and skewed because it's, it's not accurate. We like that perception of ourselves that we, we try to put out to people that, that is important and, and in some ways special because I really don't want people to know the real me. The the real me of, well, you know what, I've I've failed as a father, as a parent, as a husband, as a brother, or as a sister, right? I've failed in in who I am at at work. I, I haven't been honest, right? You can look at all these different things and say, if I keep myself focused on the good things and how important I am, I'm going to be able to hide and ignore things that bring me shame and embarrassment. That's also not accurate, is it? Pride ultimately ends up skewing my view of myself and helping me see me for who I, well, I really am a sinful human being. A sinful human being, often with selfish motives in my heart. A sinful human being who sometimes does things just so that I'm recognized. So that people will see me as important. A selfish human being who often looks at others and says, I'm better than you. I wouldn't do that. I may be a sinner, but I'm not that kind of sinner. A selfish human being who ultimately has to stand before God with a long laundry list of sins and recognize I'm not anybody. Right? We heard in our second lesson this morning, James tell us, you know what, if you've broken, if you're guilty of breaking the law at just one point, you're a lawbreaker. You're a sinner. A sinner worthy of God's judgment. And whether it's because you had selfish motives in your heart, or or had sin that expressed itself in words or actions or whatever, ultimately what God's word does to us is it helps us see us for who we are. And it's humiliating, isn't it? Because what I ultimately see when I look at myself in the light of God's word, it isn't pretty. It isn't something that makes me more important. It isn't something that makes me proud of what it does. It makes me ashamed and And guilty and humble. Because I'm not that special. And where does a sinful human being that's humiliated by our sin go after that? Where does a sinful human being turn when he sees himself or herself for who they really are? turn to our Savior, don't we? And that's really where things become almost unbelievable. It's unbelievable because we'd look at ourselves, and we'd see our sin, and then in that humiliation very quickly recognize there isn't a single thing in me or in what I've done that should make God love me. There isn't a single thing I can offer in my entire life that I could present to God and say, here, because of this, give me something. In fact, it's quite the opposite. And still, God our Savior comes and he looks at us and says, I love you. And I'm not going to just tell you that I love you. I'm going to show my love for you. And he does it in the most humiliating way possible. Here is is God Almighty who holds all things in his hands. right? Who if he he stopped providing for this world for a moment, things would fly off into chaos. The God who not only holds all things in his hands, but created all things, now says what I'm going to do is I'm going to set aside my full power and glory as God. And I'm going to take on lowly and live on earth among the creatures that I created who rebelled against me. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to live perfectly for them. I'm going to do all the things they weren't able to do. I'm going to keep every last one of God's commands for them. So that I can give that perfection to them so they can be righteous in God's eyes. And then, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to take that perfect life and I'm going to offer it as a sacrifice and take all of their sins and claim them as my own. Can there be anything more humiliating for a a perfect and righteous God than to claim every last one of our most embarrassing, shameful, and humiliating sins as his own? And so he takes every last one of our sins and he takes them to the cross and he takes the punishment God demanded. Where God the Son is abandoned by God the Father so that your sins would be paid for. It's unbelievable, isn't it? It's unbelievable the amount, the the the, the steps and the distance that God would go in order to save you. You of all people. You who know yourself. And he rose from the dead to assure you that not only was sin paid for, but but sin and death and the devil had been completely defeated. And now as his (coughs) you have eternal life. And what begins to exist is this almost weird existence as a child of God, isn't it? Weird in the sense that I know who I am. I know my sin. And because of that, I'm humbled. And at the same time, in that humility, I I look at my Savior And I'm lifted to a height that that doesn't seem to make any sort of sense to me. I'm exalted because God himself loved me so much he was willing to live and to die for me. So that as a child of God, I'm I'm both humbled and exalted at the same time. And think of what that does now. For you and I, as as we go through life... means that as I look at the people around me, I recognize that the sins perhaps that I've seen them commit or heard about, I recognize I'm perfectly capable of committing every last sin that they did. Because like them, I too am a sinner. And because I too am a sinner just like they are, I'm not any better. Because I know myself. I know my sinful hearts and my sinful thoughts. I know me. Which makes me perfectly humble and willing to serve everyone. Because in that humility, I'm not any better than them. I need a Savior just as much as they do. And at the same time, I'm perfectly exalted. Joyfully serving and loving my neighbor because I know I have a Savior Perfectly loved me. A Savior who humiliated himself so that he could lift me up and give me eternal life. I, when I see who I am and what my Savior has done for me, it both humbles me and my God exalts me, and now puts me in the perfect position to love and serve my neighbor humbled, and exalted. Amen. And the peace of God, which goes beyond our understanding, will guard and will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Our Savior Lutheran Church is located on the south side of Birmingham off Highway 280. We are on Dunedin Valley Road, about three quarters of a mile east of Treetop Family Adventure and Sports Blast. Our Sunday services begin at 10:15, with Sunday School and Bible Class at 9 o'clock. We welcome visitors and hope to see you soon. For more information, please visit our website at OurSaviorBirmingham.com. Click on Sermons at the top of the page for a copy of today's service folder. You can also find this online Facebook